on cornerofthegalaxy.com. It's time for another episode of Corner of the Galaxy from the Box, the show that gets you behind the scenes of the LA Galaxy and into the minds of soccer reporters and MLS experts. Your hosts for the day are Corner of the Galaxy's Josh Gessman and LA Times soccer reporter Kevin Baxter. Let's start the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Corner of the Galaxy from the box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm your host, Josh Gessman, coming to you on a Monday. That's right, a Monday, September 5th, uh, still in the holiday weekend. You're wrapping up. Everybody's sort of got those Sunday scaries that really are happening on Monday. Um, so getting ready to head back to work, I, I imagine, for most of us. And we got a little holiday treat for you to sort of end that out. Uh, Kevin Baxter off covering Angel City tonight, so not going to be in attendance tonight. And all the backups were pretty much off covering Angel City as well. So uh, you get me. Which, if you listen to my post, post-game post talk after the game, I drive down the freeway on Twitter. I go out on a live show and I sort of just talk about what I just heard from the post game, give some initial thoughts, that type of thing. If you're doing that, this is going to be similar, I imagine. I don't think my thoughts have somehow managed to change about the LA Galaxy's 2-2 draw, so definitely going to talk about that. Um, That's pretty much the focus of this one because we're looking at playoff picture. We're looking at what the 2-2 draw does, um, and we're looking at what Nashville coming up this weekend is going to look like. But obviously, that Nashville game is going to be a little bit different in terms of we'll talk about it on Thursday. No midweek game for the L.A. Galaxy. Uh, just six games remaining for the L.A. Galaxy. One of the few teams that has six games remaining. Some teams have five games. Some teams have four games. Um, and if you're focused in on Portland, uh, relax. There's still there's still plenty of time for the L.A. Galaxy to be able to surge past Portland. Um, they still have, uh, Portland only has four more games to play. Galaxy have six points basically that they can overtake from, uh, still from Portland. But you know, ultimately if Portland wins out and the Galaxy don't, that's going to be one of those spots that, that gets lost. So we'll focus in on the, on the table here in just a little bit and pay attention to that. Um, just general thoughts. I have to imagine that you woke up this morning feeling, uh, one, hopefully a little bit cooler than it was at the game. Game wasn't horrible. Um, I think it was supposed to be a lot hotter than it actually ended up being. So that's a good thing. Um, but overall, I have to imagine you woke up and, and thought, hey, feels like the LA Galaxy lost that game. Uh, and we've seen the LA Galaxy now unbeaten in five, which is, by the way, I should point out, uh, a new record for this season, uh, unbeaten in five. And in fact, it, it tops last year's uh, that only had four unbeaten in a row. Now, having said that, if you're looking at this LA Galaxy team and you want to feel good about it, you probably would have liked to be an unbeaten in five and had three wins and two draws instead of it being reversed, which is two wins and three draws, right? So the nine points from that would have been better if you if you were able to put another three points on top of that and then add two points and have 11 points instead of just the nine points. Does that make sense on the math? I don't want to confuse anybody. It's Monday night and nobody really needs to figure it out. Um, I should also warn you that 
Uh, there's no air conditioning in this room right now because I turned it off to record. So we're going as long as I stay uh, somewhat uh, somewhat comfortable and able to handle the heat. But as you watch the sweat sort of build up and, and run down, uh, that's how it sort of was in the press box last night too, sitting up outside um, and watching this, this LA Galaxy team. I, I thought, you know, we're going to look at the lineup. But in general thoughts, I thought the Galaxy and, and the way that they lined up in the formation that they lined up in uh, to start the game was really kind of a fun way to look at it. Not something I think any of us really anticipated to look at a four-man diamond midfield, um, you know, going with two strikers up top uh, with Jovalich and Chicha in there um, and seeing the LA Galaxy pass and play through the middle. Uh, they were outnumbering SKC in the midfield and then they were absorbing the pressure that SKC was able to, to bring on the wings. And for the most part, they did a pretty good job. But as a matter of fact, We'll look at the non-penalty kick XG on some of this. And the Galaxy really limited Sporting Kansas City to, to a lot of chances. So uh, if you're looking at positives out of that, that's that's something. Um, but the way it all ends and the way it all happens, one with the LA Galaxy being up one nothing at halftime, um, and then two allowing two goals in the second half, which feels like deja vu. We've seen this before um, from this Galaxy team. In fact, the three draws that they have during this unbeaten stretch all sort of come from that same scenario, right? Drop two points to Seattle at home, drop two points basically on the road to Toronto where you could have had six points on a road trip instead, uh, drop two points against Sporting Kansas City. I would imagine all of you would be feeling a lot better had there been six more points in the basket right now than if there wasn't, right? So, I mean, it, it's certainly an interesting lineup just the way that, that Vanny puts it. And you know, don't play any attention to this 442. Uh, like, not uh, 4411 is not how it lined up at all. Jovalich was up on top. It was a 442, but it was a diamond midfield. Vasquez was sitting at the point with the 10. Uh, Puj uh, and, and Delgado out to the left and right, and Brugman sitting in the middle. Brugman had a great game, another great game. Um, really solid. I thought Delgado looked rusty, which you s sort of would expect, but I actually thought he grew into the game pretty well. Um, Puj is another level, the two passes that really he was in charge of that, that led to uh, goal scoring opportunities slash goals um, were, were sublime. And the first one comes in the fifth minute. That's a, that's a pooch ball that breaks lines to find Vasquez and Vasquez turns and is able to, to spin and dish out to Chicharito. Um, I saw some people questioning why Victor Vasquez gets starts. And that's the reason why Victor Vasquez gets starts. Uh, the fact that he's able to play with pooch in the middle uh, I've said that it, I think it's taken, you know, three or four years off of Vasquez being able to play with Ricky just because they Ricky moves so well around him and orbits around him that it allows Vasquez more times, more time to sort of, um, you know, deal and dish. And then also to combine and in that combination, there's some confusion on the defense and, and really helps. So I thought Vasquez played well. Uh, he just, you know, he can't go 90 minutes, so you're not expecting him to. Um, that's not the way he does. But Vasquez, I thought, played pretty well. Uh, Puj had a great game. I thought Brugman had a really good game. Again, the, the back line was fairly untested. It feels like there was a lot of pressure on there, and I think there were a lot of half chances. Um, but for the most part, I thought Williams was okay. I thought Koulibaly was fine. Edwards and Araujo are going to get up and going to get back, and they're going to get burned at one time or the other. I just would like to see some some better taking care of the ball, right? That's really where, where it comes into me. Uh, Jonathan Bond struggling on distribution. That's sort of been... a uh, I think a key or, or one of the focuses that we've been looking at here for, for most of this, uh, this year was looking at Jonathan bond and how he distributes and, and where he's able to put the ball. But in terms of looking for, um, you know, uh, sort of what the galaxy were trying to do again with no wingers, you knew that they were going to be narrow, right? And this was Greg Vanny saying, okay, let's try to win the middle of the field. And he did, uh, the first goal comes off of that. Now I think SKC did a pretty good job, 
adjusting after that. Um, and you sort of were like, okay, where's this going to go? With the Galaxy winning one nothing, certainly you would expect that in that heat, and certainly if you watched the latter stages of that first half, uh, the Galaxy were standing in the center circle passing the ball around because Sporting Kansas City had no energy and no thoughts of actually pressuring, right? So it was a real slow game, in, especially towards the end of that first half. And it was sort of like, okay, everybody's sort of content to get a, you know, uh, everybody's sort of content to um, to let things play out just the way it is and get to halftime and then we'll adjust from there, right? So I thought Sporting Kansas City did a good job in terms of the subs that they brought on, provided that width, right? And that dis, the, the, the discovery of the space on the outside. And that's where Vermees, and quite honestly, Vanny, I expected, would, would get hammered on those outsides. So um, the, the big deal here is that <laughs> the goal that happens and the one that makes it 1-1 for me is such a, such a difficult goal to swallow in so many ways. Um, yes, there were half chances. Yes, Sporting Kansas City's building into a lot of these attacks. Yes, they probably had more possession. And I think people got frustrated with Dejan Jovalich having to play defense um, at the midfield role. I'm going to show you in a second that Dejan got plenty of time playing up top because we'll look at his average position. And his average position is very much in the two-man forward. He was up there, but he was looking uncomfortable. Vanny expected him to drop into the midfield and play defense. That's fine. Did he ask him to play ridiculous defense no he didn't but he needed to get out on that wing and at least provide some resistance on the outside um i don't think that took him out of any sort of offensive scoring chances i thought dayon had a couple really good chances in that game to score and in fact the galaxy had five big chances in this game you want to know why the galaxy lost this game you can point at chicharito on that penalty kick absolutely but you can also point at the fact they did not finish once again the chances that they had um and then it's it's you know a penalty kick fest for both teams uh, the first goal with Chicha and Chicha taking that and and just the ball that Vasquez puts in and sort of the ability to um, move off of that, right? And and the ball's almost behind Chicha and he takes it with his left foot and scoots it out in front of him, I thought was outstanding. Um, and then be able to finish from that past Pulse Camp and, and score, you know, inside of five minutes. The Galaxy now, by the way, and I'm sure you know this because I talk about it all the time, the Galaxy now have been, have scored first in their last five games, so it's kind of no surprise that they've been unbeaten in their last five games. Usually when the Galaxy score first, they have a very good chance of winning a game. We've talked about it. They're 10-1-4 right now with that. Now, the last two games where they've scored first uh, have been draws. And if you go back to the one where they were at home against Seattle, they also scored first. And that one was a draw as well. So, I mean, they're in winning positions, right? And so the Galaxy to get a goal in the, in the top, you know, in, inside that first five minutes was huge. And that's what we, you know, that's what I think Greg was sort of hoping for with that formation. Again, the creativeness with Puj and Victor Vasquez and then Delgado sort of, again, building into that game. Um, and then with Brugman in there as well, I, I thought that they had, and Greg said afterwards, he said, we had all our best handlers of the ball, right? And so, um, it's all the best handlers of the ball were in there to control the possession to control that game. Galaxy end up with 60, 40 possession on this. Uh, that, by the way, that's not necessarily a good thing for them. A lot of times possession and their, their mass amounts of possession is actually a negative for, for what the galaxy are trying to do. But in this case, they created the chances they created 
I think a lot of the half chances and, and just the finishing isn't there, right? So I didn't have a problem with uh, with uh, with Jovlich playing defense and having to come back on the mid. The problem was the Galaxy didn't hold as much possession, I think, as they were expecting in that first half. And Jovlich ended up having to defend a little more than probably he wanted to. Um, and so then that sort of just it push, puts more pressure on everybody else through that midfield. But again, I thought Brugman played well. I don't think the first half was out of control by any means. I thought the Galaxy were well within their control, well within sort of their ability to play. And then you sort of saw the energy drain out of the game as it sort of, you know, dwindles onto that last sort of 45 minutes, right? So it was, um, it was hot. There's some, I went back and watched the highlights and there was like nobody in the stands. I'm like, I get it. Uh, Damien, I'll call him out. Damien Calhoun was, um, was was refused to to come outside in the first half so he watched the game from the inside inside the press box where it was nice and cool with the air conditioning uh he had been out at covering some high school football games over the last couple of days so he was done with the heat uh sort of thing so um you know i had no problems with jovlich again if jovlich puts in that header that gets put to that back post where i thought that if he would have taken a better route at it he could have put that ball on net that was in the first half um you know Jovalich can get on the score sheet here as well. The bottom line is Galaxy didn't capitalize on that possession and the chances they created in the first half. And of course, we've seen that. And then the script goes like this is SKC sort of gets a half chance. And on the penalty kick goal that they get, I, it's unlucky, right? And, and listen, the Galaxy are going to get lucky later, uh, especially on their two penalty kicks, right, that they had. They're going to get lucky on those. Um, and you can see that. But at the same time, this one is is particularly harsh, I think, just because Brugman's in a good position. He's able to stand up the attacker. The attacker shoots the ball. The ball deflects off of Brugman, um, his left foot, and into the air and hits Derek Williams, who had his hands stretched out. Now, I think there's a lot of people, and I'm going to say this across all levels of FIFA and professional soccer, uh, that say, well, his hand wasn't in a natural position. Uh, there was no way on God's green earth uh, that Derek Williams was trying to make himself bigger in that. When you're a defender, you have to do a ridiculous amount with your arms and your body and your hips to try to get into place places and positions. Now, we're in a position now in this game that if your arm is even a little bit... Like, if I'm trying to keep my balance, right? Let's talk about this for a second. If I'm trying to keep your balance, if you're on a balance beam and you're trying to keep your balance... You usually put your arms out, right? It gives you a little bit more stable center of gravity. That's how you go. So you know that when you twist and you turn, that a lot of times, and especially look at gymnasts on a balance beam, they twist and turn and they use their arms to counteract the motion that is going on down below. So that way they can control their lower body in ways to keep them on this little tiny beam. Same thing happens all over the place. So Derek, I think gets unlucky. I don't think he's trying to make himself bigger, but his arms out away from his body. And in today's world, that's going to be a handball. I had no problems with the call. I just think it's really unlucky. Right. So you get that in there. Talk about unlucky again. Johnny Russell comes up to, to stop this ball or to put the ball in the back of the net. Right. And Jonathan Bond guesses the right way, gets a hand on it. It's a heavy ball, by the way, foreshadowing, hit the ball hard and you never know what can happen. Uh, Jonathan Bond, uh, you know, gets his I think his left hand. Actually, it was probably his right hand that came up over the top um, and got it on it. He deflects it off the off the post, the near post that he's diving to. And that ball if it hits a quarter of an inch a little bit further to the right, stays out. Um, and I, listen, there were a bunch of SKC players waiting to tap that in. I'm not saying that they don't tap that in and don't finish it, but Bond almost saved that ball. Um, and I thought it would have been a little poetic, quite honestly, to be like, okay, you saved that one because I, I thought it was kind of a cheap P 
PK. It's 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 a penalty kick. I'm not going to argue about that. I'm just saying it's a cheap one. It was like uh, you kind of you created nothing, right? And the Galaxy do that to get their penalty kick in the 88th minute, right? Whenever Grand Sur heads the ball, and it, that's such a nothing penalty kick. I really don't like it whenever it comes off the player off of his own leg and hits a hand. I really don't like that. But anyway, you so you get in these spots, right? So now it's 1-1. Now the Galaxy a little bit more in in the hole, right? Sasha Kleshin enters the game. I know everybody hates Sasha Kleshin. You can miss me with a lot of that. I don't think he played well. Um, and so that's certainly a thing. I think he'd probably be the first person who told you he didn't play well. He also got put in some positions that probably were unfair to him by his teammates. I think Ricky put a couple of balls into him that nobody's going to ever play, right? He's got two guys blanketed on him and he's, you know, hitting them from two yards away. And yes, Sasha's going to kick that. I'm going to kick it. Everybody's going to kick it. Um, and it's not going to be in control and you're not going to be able to do it. That being said, Sasha didn't play well, right? But there's a reason that Greg Vanny brings in Sasha Kleshin is that is to continue that control that he has in the midfield. Victor Vasquez can't run anymore. He's done hot day. You bring in Sasha Kleshin. It's a like for like with a little bit more of a, a box to box or defensive side instead of the offensive side, right? Sasha Kleshin in that role didn't have much of an issue with it, right? Still don't. Somebody tried to tell me that the uh, the fault of the second goal for Sporting Kansas City was all because Sasha Kleshin couldn't run. No, the, the, the fault with the second goal, which has been a huge theme, especially in probably the last 10 games, is the Galaxy's inability to cross the ball. That's simple. Remember whenever the, there was Zlatan in the box and everybody got the ball up in the air and they were trying to like hit it to Zlatan's head all the time? And then we complain that, you know, you can't do that to Chicha and you can't you can't put that ball in the air all the time, which is true. Right. You have different folks for different things. Right. Um, and so. So you come in here and you see somebody like Julian Araujo. Now, Julian has been up and down this year by far. Actually had a string of a couple of good games uh, recently. So I, I've really liked sort of where he's been trying to play things and trying to to, to keep things in front of him. But leading up to that second goal, he did it twice, and he did it twice in a row. Basically, Galaxy attacking up the sides, uh, able to get wings out, and and Araujo and um, you know Raheem Edwards are your wingers in this in this position, right? Get them out on the outside, let them run around the channels because you have a four man condensed midfield that's overpowering a three man's midfield in Sporting Kansas City, and then you have to watch that that diamond adjust for the lack of defensive cover behind them. And so what do we have? We have Araujo that gets played in on the right-hand side. Araujo goes to, to cross the ball. This is on the first one. He crosses the ball. It doesn't get past the first defender. Araujo sometimes thinks that there's only two ways to hit a ball. One is to hit it towards the goal, back behind the defense, and that sort of depends on where you get it and, and what it looks like, or that it's a cutback. And I'm going to say it, this is certainly not scientific, but it feels like 75% of the times Araujo is ready to cut the ball back, Right. And so we see that play out. So Araujo goes and he, I don't know, he sort of goes in between. It's not really a cutback and it's not really anything that's trying to get in behind the back line. And it goes right to the first defender and Sporting Kansas City is able to clear out. And I think Delgado does a good job and Brugman do a good job of cutting that off. And they're able to stop that and bring that ball back. Okay, good. That's what's supposed to happen whenever you have somebody up. Your midfield is supposed to swing over and do it. Here's the problem. Galaxy get more advanced in the second attack. Araujo again gets played up that right-hand side. Now, he doesn't have as much cover. I think Brugman had drifted into the center a little bit. Delgado was also in on the play a little bit, right? And so when Araujo goes to cross the ball, he again hands it right to Sporting Kansas City. Greg Vanny talked about it after the game. He said, we have to be better there. 
We can't just give them the ball and then act like it's not going to be a problem on the way back. He talked about Delgado coming up and trying to press that play, trying to create a turnover, trying to create pressure. And he sort of only got half into the press. And when he gets half into the press, Sporting Kansas City is able to spring up that right, that that left hand side now. Right. And now they're moving. Now they're on the counterattack. Now, Rajo, to his credit, somebody called it lazy defending. I would like to slap whoever said that. It's not lazy defending. It was lazy offense that led now to scramble defending. Araujo runs the 80 or 90 yards to actually get back and in front of the ball. Um, and Greg Vanny said he, he kind of got back, right? He's got like almost all the way back, but he wasn't quite back. And so when the shot comes from Agata, which by the way, was just a hope and pray shot. I mean, if he's trying to go far post, that's covered, right? So there's no chance that that ball is going anywhere. And again, unlucky. Araujo's not exactly in the right position, but he caused himself to be out of position. Right. There's nobody he can blame but himself. So him trying to get back and get in the right position, the ball goes off his foot and it deflects in. Right. Bond thought Bond saw the ball leave the foot and it's going further towards the center of the goal. And instead it hits Araujo's, I think, right shin um, and goes and deflects a little bit to the left and into the upper corner. Like if Agata was trying to hit that shot, he would never have been able to pull that off. The angle wasn't right from where he was. Right. But again, it's it's poor offense. And taking care of those chances. And and Vanny's like, put the ball in the air towards the back post. He goes, if you don't have anything, at least do that. Because when you do, stuff happens. And he pointed to the Grand Seer header that was out of that was sort of out of nowhere. And again, with Douglas Douglas Costa coming on, those types of things, right? There was all of a sudden there's there's this more movement, right? Cabral. By the way, I also liked it whenever uh Cabral came on and, and Caceres came on, and Caceres only got he got about 10 minutes whenever all is said and done. They'll only show him for about five minutes, but um, with all the stoppage time and extra time and all the things that happened there. But Cabral came on in uh, and Ricky Pouge is there and sort of this game had been calling out for a little bit more of some winger presence. And in the 71st minute after it goes 1-1, Vanny brings in Grant Seer and he pulls off uh, Brogman. He pulls off Jovalich, right? And he gets uh, Costa in there. And I thought Costa was sort of halfway between trying to really put something into something, into like... Uh, crosses, but he created some chances that caused some problems. And I think one of them, one of those was the ball to Grand Sur on the back post. So again, subs that come in and make a difference, right? I think it's Costa who lobs it to the back post and it's Grand Sur who heads the ball and that creates the penalty kick. And that's the penalty kick that, that Chicharito scores, right? So eventually that makes it two, two in there. You also have, um, you, you also have, um, excuse me. Uh, you also have Cabral in here, um, that does stuff as well, right? So, you're getting all of these chances that are starting to build. I thought that the subs, while I don't like Cabral in that late at 85, um, you still end up getting him for 10, 12 minutes whenever all is said and done, right? Right in there with um, with Caceres, right? The whole deal. When you get that and then Javi's able to bury the penalty kick in the 88th, right? Now it's 2-2. The thing I think we should focus on is, and we'll talk about Javier's miss here in a second. So please, let's not we're, we're not put the, car, the, the the cart before the horse, right? Um, when we look at this, we say the Galaxy were able to create one a great pass by Puj, and I don't know who. There's nobody else who's making these passes. There's some good players in Major League Soccer. There's some people who can make these passes, and on occasion you see them. But the ball to Cabral, which is fun to say, uh, but the ball to Cabral is. A perfect ball. And the fact that... <laughs> how did Vanny word it? Vanny worded it. He says, the the first touch from Cabral was just good enough to get Pulse Camp to come off of his line. Right? It was just good enough for that to happen that Pulse Camp... 
like comes out. And by the way, Pulse Camp should have got a yellow card in this, and I don't think anybody's really paying attention. And if the defender hadn't had gone back and covered the goal line, Pulse Camp probably gets red carded in this game because Pulse Camp did not try to get the ball. In fact, he missed the ball and he missed Cabral's left foot. And the only thing that causes the penalty kick is Pulse Camp reaching out after Cabral is already by him, basically, to grab Cabral's right foot. It's an easy penalty kick. It's super easy to call, right? But all of the things that happen, and again, you could say Cabral had a bad first touch, but as Vanny put it, a good, just good enough first touch to have Pulse Camp sort of have to come out and, and do something about it, right? I think the Panda texted me. Uh, he wasn't at the game, but he texted me and he said, why would you possibly, possibly take down Kevin Cabral? Why would you possibly take down Kevin Cabral knowing he's never going to score from wherever he is? Like, you could just be like, no, nah, you can have the ball. You're good. Like, if you're really scouting well, do you really go out and, and, and pump, you know, Cabral? And you're like, oh, yeah, I have to take him down because otherwise he's so good he's going to score. Right? So huge, huge mistake from Pulse Camp there. And if you're an SKC fan looking at it from that, that's one of those where you sit there and say, um, say, yeah, you know, it's it's like, Oh, okay, like that's that's the one that cost you the game. That's a pulse camp error that costs you the game. Right now, Galaxy fans are going to say Chicharito cost us the game. Chicharito also had two goals. He also had a brace. Right here's my only argument, and I think it's good. Let's talk about the penalty kick, uh, the second one, by the way, because he already took the first one. Here's my only argument: if you let him take the first one in the 88th minute that ties the game, then you have to let him take the one that's going to that, that's going to get him the hat trick. Right? Even knowing his numbers, we'll go over his numbers here in a second. Even knowing his numbers, you have to let him take the third one. There's like, how are you going to take the ball away from the guy who already has two goals on the night? How are you going to do that? I, I'm, I'm not going to. He has to be like, I'm not taking it. That has to be on him. So if you want to put pressure on him, that's him. Now, he, he told us, he said, you guys can believe me or not, but I'm going to tell you exactly what happened. I'll give you the whole thing. And Chicharito told us the whole thing about how this play went down. He, Sasha Kleshin came over and said, hey, do you want to take it? He goes, because Sasha and Chicha knows that if Chicha says no, that if he says no, that Sasha's going to take it because Sasha's the other penalty kick taker. Right. And so in that third instance, right, going for the win now in the fifth minute of stoppage time, the 95th minute, um, this is up to uh, to Chicha. And if he thinks he's not comfortable and listen, guy already has a brace. Right. If he thinks he's not comfortable, he has to give that ball up. I don't think that was the case. I thought he felt more than comfortable. Okay, now we're going to get into some of his ways of how he takes penalty kicks that would drive me crazy. But if you let him take the first one, you can't let him not take the second one. Unless he doesn't want it. Right. So if you if you want to say, hey, Chicha, don't don't do it. It is matter of fact, he told Sasha, Sasha goes, where you think I'd put in it? And Chicha goes, I'm going to put it in the same corner. Right. Same corner as the one he just did. Right. Same corner. Would have been a great idea, by the way. So Chicha said that he approached this. And was not thinking Panenka. Was not thinking Panenka the whole time. So the whole deal. Now, let's go back to the first one. Because Chicha told us how he did the first one. All right. As much pressure as there was on. And I see. I I see. I see, I see people. Listen. There are some stupid emotional takes out there about Chicharito. Right. One person called him a selfish clown. Um, and that he just wanted to embarrass the goalkeeper. Now, you could. If that's what you truly believe. I guess go with it. Uh, Chicha, by his own admission, said that wasn't even he wasn't even thinking Panenka wasn't going to do it. Let's go back to the first penalty kick. What he told us after the game was he said that he was going to go to the right of the goalkeeper on the first one. 
He goes, and as he was going forward and as he was approaching, he saw something and he goes, I'm going left. And he changed his mind and he hit the ball left and the ball went in the back of the net. 2-2. Okay. A ton of pressure. As much pressure, by the way, in the 88th minute as the 95th minute. There's not a difference in pressure that I know of. Right now, you're talking about a chance to absolutely salvage points. One point is better than no points. That's a huge, huge amount for the LA Galaxy to at least get a point out of this game. And Chicha comes up in the 88th and he buries it. And he changed his mind. Now, I am not a believer of changing your mind in a penalty kick. I don't. All right? I think you can sit up there. I think you, you start and you look and you survey and you're sort of trying to get an idea of what the goalkeeper is going to do. And, and to be honest with you, being the absolute amateur that I always was, was just find a corner and hit it there, right? So it's never about what the goalkeeper does. I don't care if the goalkeeper would have lined up next to the post. I was, well, actually, I would have. I probably would have hit it to the other side. Let's not be stupid. But for me, I would never change my mind, especially not in the run-up. Okay, there's professional athletes are way better than me. They can do whatever they want. And for some really good penalty kick takers, maybe that's how they do it. Chicharito is not a really good penalty kick taker. As a matter of fact, he's four for eight from the spot since joining MLS and no player in Major League Soccer has missed more penalties than Chicharito. We know this. He's a 50% penalty kick taker, which is one of the reasons perhaps maybe you don't let him take the second one. But at the same time, you let him take the first one. You got to let him take the second one. Right. Same amount of pressure. Same. Everything is there. So he changed his mind on the first one was going to go right. Ended up wrapping it left. Okay. So now he goes into the second one, tells Sasha he's going to go on the left side again. He's going to bang it in the same place. He says during the run-up, he goes, and he thought that he saw Pulse Camp take a pretty hard move towards one side, and he decided to let his instincts, which had led him to scoring the first goal, do this, right? So, so that is where the Padenka comes from, at least by his mind, right? Now, there's lots of people who are going to say that he's full of uh, you know crap, and that's fine. Go ahead. Um, I don't know that Chicha is a guy who's going to sit there and lie to us. I don't, I don't get that from him. Please, he was, he was having, uh, he was almost in his element in terms of trying to explain away the good and the bad and how this mirrors life and everything else that goes on. Somebody asked him, I think it was Alex Ruiz from Striker, asked him, hey, this was your 200th career club goal that you scored in that first one. And actually went on to score 201 with the penalty kick, right? He goes, did you know, what does that mean to you? And he goes, you know, I'd love to say that like it means something huge and monumental or that I'm going to come in here saying, you know, viva, viva la chicharito, right? Which by the way is now my new favorite quote from him. It's like, I'm going to come in here and say, you know, viva la chicharito. Um, and he goes, he goes, but he goes, look at tonight. He goes, if we win for nothing, we have a different conversation. True. If they win for nothing, we have a different conversation. Um, you know, if we lose for nothing, we have a different conversation. Also true. Um, the moods of the reporters usually have to match the team just in terms of, you know, you don't want to be a super happy, jovial guy. It's like, hey, you guys just got your butt kicked for nothing. Tell me all about it. You know, go FMDJ on them. You don't have to do that, right? So there's always this, this deal. We have different conversations when you do good things versus bad things. He goes, tonight I had a brace. He goes, I should be really happy because I got 200 career goals. Uh, 200 career club goals. He goes, you know, I, I had a brace. He goes, but, but if you look at the flip side, I could have had a hat trick and we could have had three points, right? He sees it. He takes full responsibility for it. Greg Vanny, do we, we know Greg gets mad, right? I mean, that's, that's well known. Just, you can tell I mean, he's always super calm with us uh, in the press. And if you, you can go watch the full press conference, by the way, there was a malfunction on his microphone. 
to start that. But so the, the audio, I think, is actually from my phone because I sent it over to the Galaxy. It's not great. Um, but in order to get Greg through that. But if you can sort of look past the, the glitchy audio and everything that was happening, we, we all agree that Greg Vanny gets angry. Like Greg Vanny's probably a guy who could like throw chairs in the locker room and scream and stuff like that. Usually Greg comes in and he's very, very zen and and very retrospective in terms of let's look at the game, let's analyze it, let's be technical and tactical about it and maybe not so much emotional. He was tactical and technical in his explanations that we had. I'll just say that there seemed to be an undercurrent of anger. Larry Morgan, I think, texted me and I think Kevin uh, said the same thing that it was like they saw the post game and they were like, he seems ticked uh, for Greg Vanny's side. Um, let's see. Do, 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 do. I want to I want to try to get to. Oh, here. I, you know, what? I had it queued up. So let me get you to teach us. So here is him talking about his instinct and then I'll have a really bad joke after this. All right, here we go. My instinct uh, today uh, was wrong, you know, because you're not going to believe it's not an excuse, but definitely Sasha came and he asked me like because he's a penalty taker, too. No, so he asked me like. And say, uh, he asked me, what are you gonna, like, do you want to take it? I said, yes, of course. And he said, what are you gonna shoot it? Because I think he was thinking about that, like, probably the Panenka, no? And I said, same side, don't worry, I got this. I got, like, no worry. All right, so we'll sort of say that. Basically, he talks about his instincts. The, the audio is so echoey um, that it's not worth, like, trying to suffer through it. But basically, you know, he goes through that whole thing. Let's see if I can. Um, find Greg's one man show. I don't even have the uh, the ability to be like, hey, Eric, why don't you talk for a little while? Um, let's see. <clears throat> Here is Greg Vanny and let's see how well it's sort of captured in this. I mean, we grinded till the end and had, a, had an opportunity to, to grab the three points at the end. And he married one before he stepped up and he made a decision. It was the wrong decision. Uh, the wrong decision. He knows yeah, so he, he, he buried the one before, he stepped up, and he made a decision, and it was the wrong decision. It was the wrong decision. Uh, he knows that. He, he knows how I feel. He knows how his teammates feel. They just got to keep moving forward, and we just lost an opportunity there in the end, Greg Vanny. All right? I think Vanny gets it right. He made the wrong decision. Now, the problem I have with Chicharito is that as a penalty kick taker, I would never, I would never change my mind. And that's where you get in problems because you get caught between two minds. And I think that that's the answer. Now, I'll say this. Victor Vasquez and I had a similar sort of take on the Panenka and the failed Panenka. By the way, a failed Panenka is always going to look horrible. Okay. Now, in this particular case, with all the buildup, all the energy, all of this like adrenaline that's pumping, for me, I always wanted to hit like a solid ball. And I would have liked for Chicharito to step up there and just hit a solid ball. And if he would have done what he did at first, the Galaxy win that game, right? Uh, but instead, he he trusts his instincts in this and to change things. And again, it works the first time because he was going to go the other way. Pulse camp went that way. So maybe the first one doesn't go in if he doesn't change his mind. But I just don't like the whole changing mind thing. I'm fine if they guess right or they do other things. Uh, but this is like the basic instinct game, right? This is the, this is what the, the, the name of this game is going to be whenever the LA Galaxy missed the playoffs by two points because Chicharito decided to try to Panenka it. Victor Vasquez and I still had, I think, a similar idea of the whole thing, which is if he makes it, nobody says anything, right? And as a matter of fact, everybody goes, oh, my God, you know, whoa, what nerves of steel for this guy, you know, grande huevo, senor. Um, all of these things go into it that if you make that shot, that we're not having this discussion about all this, right? But the bottom line, he doesn't make it. And it's a panenka. And when you miss a panenka and 
basically you give Pulse Camp a chance to fair catch it. One of these days, will that be funny? I want to say, Galaxy fans, give it like give it like six months and then you're going to go back and you're going to tell the story about how you saw a goalkeeper basically park underneath a Panenka and like fair catch it in American football and grab it um, and able to put that out. And that was for for a win for the Galaxy. Uh, but, you know, they still made the playoffs anyway. This is the story you're going to tell yourself in six months. They made the playoffs anyway, end up going on and win an MLS Cup, you know, the whole deal. Um, so for me and I think for everybody on that team, they know he screwed up. Chicha knows he screwed up. If you saw, I think people make fun of his reaction afterwards. And it, he was immediately like contrite. He was he was asking for forgiveness immediately after he did it to the fans, to everybody. He's like, yeah, I just screwed that up. And he came out and he talked to us. It wasn't like we had to wait forever for him to talk. Um, he walked up and had like a nervous laughter. Like whenever he was like, gee, I wonder what you guys are going to ask. Damian Calhoun had the first question and we all knew what it was. And Chicha knew what it was too. And he had like this nervous laugh going into it. He's like, I trusted my instincts. I did all these things. Um, you know, everybody has these rules. They think that, that somehow like these things work in it. Uh, like, like you can only do it in a certain situation. You can only do this. You can only do that. Bottom line is if you do a Panenka in this situation, because it's so high pressure, because you expect that the goalkeeper is going to be amped up, you expect that the goal taker is going to be amped up. The Panenka is actually a pretty, pretty interesting take. It's like, Let's baseball analogy this for a second, right? Just like if you've been throwing just absolute heat and gas and you got a hundred mile an hour fastball and you have a guy now and you've got them oh two and they're down to their last strike and you know it's a one run game and you know this guy's gonna be jacked up because he's he's gonna be like, here comes the fastball, you know he's gonna do it, and you throw him a changeup, right? The change of speed in the situation, situationally, how it all goes, you can you can do some things. If Chicha hits that to the left and Panenka's it, it goes in. You know, everybody's like, oh man, again, what a great job. He owns this game. Um, somebody said that he thought that fans would uh, turn on Chicharito um, this, for the rest of the season because of this. I thought that was ridiculous and outlandish, especially for a guy who had a brace in the game and who's the leading goal scorer, uh, who's only three goals away. Oh, let's pull it up who's only three goals away from um, tying his uh, his same uh, stat line for, for last year. Yeah, he's got 14 goals, two assists. Um, and last year he had 17 goals, three assists. Now, uh, more minutes this year, stayed healthy, 25 games played, or excuse me, 26 games played, 21 games played in 2021. Uh, if you look at it, the shots are roughly the same. Uh, shot on target 30 in 2022, 32 in 2021 uh, total. Right, 65 shots so far this year. Only six more than what he took all of last year. Um, so really, the when you look at this, to me, it says that Chicharito is basically holding a lot of his same form that he had last year, uh, and he hasn't been given as many chances. If you look at the shots and everything is going, Chicharito's the MVP of this this team right now, right? And so I think the worst thing that can happen is that he lets this somehow affect him going on. Right? Because if that's the case, he's useless. Throw him out. Start Jovalich. Right? And by the way, I'm done. I'm done with two forwards. But you can play that stuff in the second half of things. Let Dayon come off the bench. I like having that ability to come off bench. Um, and I think it provides a better sub progression than bringing Douglas Costa or Cabral or Grant Sir off the bench or something like that. None of those guys are offensive threats that I'm really worried about. If I'm the other team, Dayon is a real threat. Bring him off and let him run for 20 minutes at the end of the game. Um, I don't like the two forward situation, and I don't think you should make Dayon play 
um, you know, sort of in that that position where he had to play left mid. Now, having said that, his average position was higher than Chicharito's. So again, he got plenty of time up in the two man forward um, area that he had. He just had to defend, um, and that's not a horrible thing. Sometimes it's just not his cup of tea, right? We look at XG and everything that goes into this Galaxy two point five, one point five for Sporting Kansas City, um, but it's better than that, really, because if you want to go into the um, the XG and the non-penalty XG, right? So open play XG, the Galaxy at basically 0.9 from open play, um, which is a lot of that first opening five minutes that they put that ball in from a pretty good position, um, to 0.67 for uh, Sporting Kansas City. So again, the Galaxy did a good job. Big chances, five for the LA Galaxy. I think only two for Sporting Kansas City. They get two goals. Um, not all the big chances were there. So overall, I didn't hate how the Galaxy played this game. I did not like the result of it. And if you're thinking that, you know, oh, well, I, listen, coming back to get the point was great, but it's one of those. It's like, when does this team prove that they have that that mental fortitude to one, not give up a lead like that or two to come back and complete it? Now, Chicha scores that second, that first penalty kick that he made, and it's now tied 2-2 in the 88th. And Ricky Pooja's out there pumping up the crowd, being like, we want more. We want more. And that's the LA Galaxy, I think, that you want to see is we want more. Um, but that wasn't that way throughout this, this entire game. So uh, for me, if I'm looking at this game, yeah, it feels like a loss. It should feel like a loss. By the way, Cam from our Discord did a great job. Pulled up uh, the information from, uh, I believe he got it from Transfer Market. So, you know, it's it's fairly close, right? And basically it was looking at penalties and who's taking the most penalties and penalties scored and all that stuff. The answer is Sasha Klesch and Dayan Jovalich are your two guys who you want to take penalties right now. All right, that's it. Uh, Javi's, again, career 50%er um, whenever it comes to these things, right? Gaston Brugman has, has taken one or taken three and scored one. Victor Vasquez has, you could let him take them too. Victor Vasquez has seven penalty attempts and five converted, right? But look at Javi, 30 and 16. So 30 chances, 16 converted. Sasha Kleschen, 28 uh, attempts, 21 goals scored. Uh, Dayan Jovalich, 14 attempts, 13 goals scored. And we all know that he missed the one earlier, right? So that was another one, by the way, which is like, this is a guy who's been scoring goals, who has more confidence than anybody. You're going to let him take it, right? So those, again, that comes in. Now, if Vanny is... If Vanny wants to sit there and say no more Chicharito to take a penalty kicks, I think he is well within his rights to do that. Uh, as long as there's a better option on the field. And sometimes when you look at it, there isn't, right? Is Victor Vasquez going to be out there all the time? Maybe he's, maybe he's not. Maybe he's not going to be there with Chicharito. We can see that. Sasha Kleschen isn't out there all the time. So maybe he's not going to be out there to take it. Dayan Jovalich might not be playing with Chicharito. I mean, we can quickly run into scenarios and think in your mind how often those guys don't play together who aren't all out on the field at the same time. So Chicharito is one of the guys who's going to take them. And the Galaxy have been taking penalty kicks fairly well and creating those chances here in the last stretch of games. Again, five unbeaten now. So that's that's good to take it in. It's just it feels a little empty um, after after everything that has sort of gone in there. I want to give you uh, sort of a heads up again. 2022 and 2021, 39 points. All right. Both through 28 games. Um, I'd like to remind you now. And this is this is interesting. Let's let's peek at the LA Galaxy schedule here for a second. Okay, this is the 2022 schedule. Galaxy will go away to Nashville this Saturday, 12:30 p.m. I've already warned you. I'm not covering that game. I will warn you again. It's my wife's birthday weekend. I have some other stuff to do. 12:30 p.m. I will not be covering that game. You guys are on your own. Won't be in the press conference. Won't be live tweeting it. Won't be doing any of those things. Okay, I'm sure I'll be watching it on my watch. 
Um, that's probably how it's going to happen. So I'm not covering that game. Galaxy will then travel from basically Nashville. To, and then four days later, they play up in Vancouver. Difficult game. Got to take three points from one of those games. Two points from each of them isn't horrible, but Nashville is going to be a very, very tough game in Nashville. Um, then the Galaxy come home and they host Colorado, a team that they are not necessarily always very good with, especially at home. Colorado always causes the Galaxy problems, even though they seem rather toothless lately. So that's a game you circle and say, okay, that's a game that they need to win. All right. San Jose game. You're looking for games on the road the Galaxy can steal. That's one you could circle. We'll see who's available, who doesn't go on international duty, all that fun stuff right before the World Cup. Super interesting. Just waiting for the call-ups to come. Um, I think uh, Caceres has already been called up, by the way, to, to Uruguay um, to, to go. Um, so you're already expecting to miss him. So you got him for like five, ten minutes. Maybe, maybe that's all you'll see for a little while. Um, you get into October, the LA Galaxy hosts RSL. Going to be tough. Hopefully RSL already has something wrapped up and they don't care about this game because that's a game that you're going to need three points from and it's going to be a tough one to play. Uh, RSL very good at the counterattacking and everything else and they should be above the line. I think RSL is safely in. So um, that's one to watch. Uh, then it's away to Houston. So like you look at this and say, where are you going to steal three points? Maybe Vancouver? Yes. Win at home against Colorado? Yes. I got six points now. Can you beat San Jose there? I don't know. Tough task. Depends on who's available. Is that nine points there? If you get nine points from, and by the way, that would be three wins in a row, which is something the LA Galaxy haven't done for, done in a long time. In fact, under Greg Vanny, they've never won three games in a row. So it's kind of a lot to ask whenever we even start to think about it. But so those are the last six games that the Galaxy have. You want to know what the Galaxy did in 2021 with their last six games? One loss over those last six games. Three draws, two wins. Two, one, and three over that point. Nine points got them to 48 points where are the LA galaxy right now. How many minutes? What do we think they need? Nine points. We think 48 gets it right. Current points they have is 39. They need nine, six games remaining 18 total points. They need to take home half the points. And by the way, this form here that we've sort of been filling out with points of the playoffs. And if you're listening on the on the podcast and you don't watch every once in a while, it's probably a good idea to go to YouTube and and watch it just that way you can see some of this is there's a lot of green on this form. When you look at it, the Galaxy have now played one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. They played eight games. They've lost two of them. Everything else has been a result. That's not bad. You just need a couple more wins than that. But you're away to Nashville, which I don't think you can win. Okay? If you get a point out of Nashville, something's on. Okay? Something's on. Something's on for this Galaxy team, right? Then going up to Vancouver, you can get three points. If you can get four points out of that road, again, every point you can steal on the road helps you for what you have at home. But now only two home games remaining for the LA Galaxy. Both are wins. You, you would imagine you're going to have to win the, both of those games. I can't call them must wins now because it depends on what happens in the rest of the stuff. But you would expect that you're going to have to win those games that get you six points. So if you get six points, you need to get three points from something else in those other four games that you're playing away. You need another three points in there. So if you can steal one against Vancouver, then you can release a little bit of pressure on yourself at home, right? Because that RSL game, maybe you can't win that game. Maybe you're only going to be able to get a draw. Are you going to have to go to Houston and get a result in September when it's going to be hot still on decision day? So these are the things that... I think we have to focus on as we sort of go down. But again, the Galaxy in 2021 only lost one of the remaining six. So as bad as the LA Galaxy were in 2021 down the stretch, they lost one of the remaining six. Three draws, two wins. 
Galaxy need to do better than that. All right. Find and steal points wherever you can. Relieve pressure on yourself. You don't want to head into that Houston game vying for a playoff spot. Does it look like that? Yeah, it looks like that. Okay, but these are these are sort of those important times um, when we when you start when you really focus in on where you can steal points. All right, because that Nashville game is is a tough one coming up this weekend. Uh, if you look over in the Eastern Conference, you have Philadelphia at sixty points, which is fun because they're tied with LAFC in the Supporter Shield at sixty points. Uh, if we look in this Western Conference, now the Galaxy could not have caught Portland even if they won. Add two more points, they would have gotten forty one. They would have stayed in eighth, and nobody could have caught them from behind. So it was sort of one of these games. Some people freaked out. Um, but when you look at what Portland has, uh, they only have four games remaining, right? In fact, I think I pulled Portland up. Yeah, I have Portland's, uh, no, that was, that's the, uh, the old, uh, one. Let me, let me find Portland. Hold on. I have it. I actually pulled it. Portland's schedule coming up, right? And why it's is only four games remaining galaxy of six, two games in hands, possibility of six points, um, where the LA galaxy can overtake. It's something to watch. However, because should Portland start winning a lot of games, it becomes more and more difficult for the Galaxy to take it over. But as of right now, Galaxy only separated by three. So if Portland won out and the LA Galaxy won out, the Galaxy would jump over Portland. Okay, watch that and then watch Seattle as well. Seattle has five games remaining, right? So um, they have a total of 15 possible points. If they went out and the Galaxy went out, the Galaxy would finish above Seattle. Okay. Yeah, so somebody said fan appreciation day is always bad for us, by the way. I get the RSL game, 100%. Fan appreciation day is always always a little deal. And all the people, by the way, I see it. Oh, our standards have fallen. We're trying to scrape into the playoffs. Have you not been watching this team? Do you think this team is even a shadow of the championship teams that have come before it? I just, it just, to, to me, that boggles my mind. If you're sitting there saying, oh, well, we should be talking about MLS Cups. Well, you haven't been for five years. All right. Get into the playoffs and win some games. That's how you that's how you start fixing this. Because right now, if you continue in this path where you keep missing the playoffs, you're not fixing anything. Right? Even as good as the Galaxy have looked in the last 5 games and certainly a step. So yeah, do you need to adjust your standards? Well, no, you can just be angry all the time. You know, there's 28 teams in Major League Soccer right now. 27 of them don't win an MLS Cup probably five of them are actually in MLS Cup contention. So you want to get in the playoffs, so get in. And by the way, this team plays good teams really well, so get in and upset somebody. Play in Austin. You know, play in LAFC in the first round. Absolutely. Right? Go to Bank of California Stadium and play LAFC in the first round. I think you won't because they get a bye. But get past that. Find your way into these good teams. The Galaxy play good teams well. They play crappy teams bad, which is maybe why you look at the schedule coming up and it doesn't work, right? You're sort of sitting there going, how, how did they get the points? Um, we look at, uh, at Seattle and Portland. Um, Portland has to play against Minnesota. Portland has to play against Columbus. Portland has to play LAFC. Portland has to play RSL. Those are their last four games. Not an easy schedule, but it will be spread out for them. Seattle will play at home against Austin. That'll be a good game to watch. That's coming up on Saturday. One to watch. Uh, Seattle uh, has to play against Vancouver um, in Vancouver on the carpet. You would think that like I keep having to adjust my 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 gaze for how you look at Seattle because they're not the same Seattle team. They have been wholly inconsistent. That being said, they have a pretty 
easy schedule playing at Vancouver, playing against FC Cincinnati at home. FC Cincinnati's an okay team this year. Are they great? Is Seattle good enough to beat them at home? You'd think they were. They go to at Sporting Kansas City. Now, Kansas City's been playing better in their last three or four games. Absolutely. Right? And then they play San Jose. San Jose's been playing better in their last three or four games. Right? But that whole time, these are the teams that are chasing right now. Portland and Seattle. You're going to have to beat one of them. You're going to have to beat both of them if everything sort of stays where it's at. And people above don't come back. Right now, it feels like three teams sort of vying for that, for that last spot. And Portland has it right now. But Portland has it with, with uh, you know, g- games they've already played. Galaxy start losing some of these games they have in hand. It's not going to matter. Okay, so, so keep that in mind. Again, games in hand are great until you lose them. They're potential, right? It's like potential energy in physics, right? You have the potential to create something from them by moving this ball to the top of a ridge and then letting the ball swing down. Well, if the ball doesn't make it to the top of the ridge, then the potential for that energy didn't happen. That's totally a mixed metaphor. It doesn't make any sense physics-wise. Just I was trying to go with something, and it went a little sideways. I, was, I really thought the low point was the basic instinct game. Um, and, you know, I'll, I'll live with that, and I'll, I'll survive on that. Um, you look at, look at this, you know, coming up again, five games in September, two in October, everything is about to sort of close out pretty rapidly here. Uh, it was funny when I was looking at the schedule and I'm looking at that 2021 schedule, we're talking about these games. The last six games happened at, you know, at the middle to end of October into November. And here we go. Last six games because of the world cup coming up in the winter time. We have the last six games happening right now in September. Most of the games are in September, only two games in October. So it's a quite a shift in terms of how this is how this will wrap up this year and how the playoffs happen and when that line cuts off and it's going to cut off early, which means a long off season if you don't make it. <clears throat> That's for sure. So um, I'm trying to think if there's any other charts that that I really wanted to absolutely get to, um, and I think we've covered most of them. Here's the here's the deal for me and the LA Galaxy. You got to win games. Find a way. You know, found a way against New England. You stole points. Good job. Right, go in there, smack them in the mouth, hold on, win that game, two to one. Uh, Toronto, you found a way to get a point. That's good. You should have had two points, right? So all these things again, take the point, take the stuff. Four points on this road trip would be great. Would be again the O word that everybody gets mad at me for saying. That's what it would be. Four points is huge. Gets you almost halfway to your nine that you need, and then you still have games. Any points you pick up now are, are huge and, and sort of moving you to the next spot. And it is literally the most important part of this is one game at a time. And you better hope and pray to God, if you're an LA Galaxy fan, that Chicharito isn't in the dumps because he missed that penalty kick. Straight up. All right. Diego asked, do you have a chart to see how uh, we do on Fan Appreciation Day? It's not, it's not pretty, Diego. Against RSL at home? I mean, listen, if you're talking about a game that could possibly get the Galaxy into the playoffs and maybe turn, maybe start to turn and twist your fortunes around as Galaxy fans and as the team, is win on decision day against RSL, right? Uh, Patrick, by the way, $5 Super Chat. Appreciate that, Patrick. He says, I think we can beat any of these teams when our heads are not inside our, the, the buttocks. I'll say buttocks. Uh, we've done it this year. He's right. The good teams are the ones, right? That's ex- absolutely But yeah, I mean, you know, you're, you're getting to the point now where because you've dropped spots, because you've dropped points at home, because you haven't taken care of business. And I have my home points playoff tra- or my home points here. Uh, 24 points right now at home so far this year. 29 points is what it was uh, last year. You have to pick up five points at home in order to match or, or surpass what you did at home last year. Hmm. 
win both your home games and you get six and you'll be a better home team. But right now, I don't think the Galaxy have been a better home team. They feel like they might be a better road team this year. And they're four points away from tying their road points. 19 points last year on the road. Uh, 15. Everything really feels like it's going to end up at that same points total, right? Like everything, even if you look at the, the schedule, like five points, you can't really get five points at home anymore. So you're either going to get three, you're going to get, you know, two, you're going to get, uh, you know, six. Those are, those are going to be ways. So you're not going to be able to exactly tie it. But something in this just is, is a little goofy in how it's lining up. Right. And it feels like that 48 number is going to be right around where the Galaxy are. Are they going to get 47? And does that get them in the playoffs? So, anyway, it's time to start watching the scoreboards. It's time to start watching everything. Um, and, you know, Greg Vanny's doing it and all the guys are doing it as well. Um, so, for me, it's, uh, you know, the, the most interesting. This has been one of the most interesting seasons um, with Ricky Pooge and what he's been able to bring just in his last three games. You know, he joins and the Galaxy suddenly have a real offense going forward five games in a row where they scored first undefeated now in the last five games. It, it feels like they're building into something, but you want to see it. Um, absolutely. That's what you want to see. Uh, it, listen, I think you'd be in a lot worse situation if you were like, Oh, the galaxy have lost four or five um, at this point, obviously, but uh, undefeated in five isn't bad. Just one of the, if you could flip it, three wins and two draws, it would be a lot better. All right. I think that about does it. Um, you know, those are my thoughts on the game. I, I, I think maybe I did even uh, a better job of, of really trying to, to conglomerate all of the thoughts from a weird game. And it was a weird game. Um, I didn't necessarily find it very entertaining. Um, it was not two high energy teams being able to play high energy soccer weather and everything else permitted. It was just, you know, that's what you get. I, I can, I can end the show on a little bit of a rent rant, which is that's what you get when you put a game at five thirty PM in, you know, basically still in August in the beginning of September on the weekend when you didn't need to. All right. And the coverage, as far as I know, and what everybody has told me was more of a joke than anything else. Um, and by the way, I was told that game was going to be on spectrum and LAGalaxy.com. And then it wasn't. And I know that it seemed like that might have been the case for a lot of people, um, even people who maybe um, are inside the galaxy that we thought it was going to be done. Um, by the way, $10 super chat for me, super. Thank you for potting on the holiday. You're welcome. No problems. I accept it was just me. Like I can always break away. My wife is angry at me anyway. She's sitting downstairs probably watching some BTS stuff. So, um, you know, it's almost 9 PM. So she's, she's done, um, for the day. And we all have to get ready for this next weekend. So a long week Thursday night. We'll be back. Uh, I don't know who my co-host is going to be yet. <laughs> Sophie's out of town. Uh, it might be Christian again. Uh, Eric dealing with a little bit. It, let's put it this way. If we were saying how Eric is doing, uh, he would be on maybe perhaps the league's health and safety protocols. All right. Oh, somebody said talk about the ring giveaway. Hold. Her. Okay, listen, you have to understand. Uh, my wife was sick all weekend, so I barely got the green light to go to this game. So I got there at like 430. But I heard that the ring giveaway was an unmitigated disaster and that they let in season ticket holders at the same time they let everybody else in. And it was horrible. That's what it was. Hey, if Herb is around, he can be my co-host, by the way. If Herb, you want to be my co-host on Thursday. I don't know who it is yet, but we'll figure it out. Um, yeah, he pays for that that option, right? $100 Super Chat gets you a guest co-host spot. No, because one, I would always take that money. And two, I would absolutely like not um, like honor that if I didn't like you. It was very simple. Like I would be like, no, 100 bucks. Nah, I'll take your money, but you ain't getting the spot because I don't like you. Again, this is like a, you know, I'm a, I'm a king over here. This is not a democracy. Um, 
The king would just take your money. That's what I would do too. Yeah, I heard the I heard the rings. Listen, I'll tell you this. This is how limited those those rings were. I didn't get a ring. It wasn't me, right? Like I didn't get well, usually up in the press box we have all sorts of stuff, right? You remember when we got those like light sticks that that everybody by the way, still one of the best giveaways they've ever had. Um cracks me up because uh, I we had they had a whole box of them up in the press box and so I kept telling I'd be like Damien did you get your light stick he's like I don't want those and I'm like well I'll take it because I gave them to my son right so usually we get that stuff up there didn't get a ring didn't even get a sniff of a ring nobody even asked if I wanted a ring so um yeah it's uh it's good so uh I'm trying to think anything else no that's it galaxy hey win games you want to be want to keep it simple just went out I guarantee you'll make the playoffs if you went out all right go on a six game winning streak be unbeaten in 11. That sounds like fun. Going into the playoffs. If the Galaxy go... Listen, let's let's play a little fantasy game here for a second. If the Galaxy go, go, go on a six-game winning streak to close it out, beat everybody. They're unbeaten in 11. They will be an MLS Cup favorite. Right? Because this is MLS. You go in playing hot, you can do it. By the way, there is a chart that shows that the LA Galaxy, I think, are above either the 2002 or 2005 I mean, hold on. Let's pull up the chart real quick before we go anywhere. Um, it is that it's 2005. The LA Galaxy have the same number of points right now as 2005, which ended up winning an MLS Cup. The league has changed is one thing. I think if you don't acknowledge the fact that the league has changed, that with 28 teams, uh, it's harder to get points. Uh, it's more competitive. Scott French likes to say it all the time. I sometimes I think he says it ironically just to make me angry, but he goes MLS, most competitive league in the world. Absolutely is true. I don't, I don't know of anyone else, right? I mean, like you're, you're, if you're, if you're at a playoff team that's sitting in second spot right now, like if you're Austin, you still got to worry about every game that you're playing. You have to go, you have to play Seattle, who's below the playoff line. Well, you're worried about that game. Tell me that happens, you know, in La Liga or EPL, where a team that's you know eight spots below you, where you're like, oh, I really got to worry about these guys, right? I pay very little attention to EPL. <clears throat> All right, so. I have barely enough time to pay attention to the galaxy all the time. There's always news coming out. There's always things going on. So anyway, that's what we got. We got to see a whole bunch of people at halftime. Really appreciate you guys helping out. Remember at the top of section 108, bottom of the press box stairs, there every single halftime. Um, and happy to say hi. And you can join our little circle. And then we, you know, talk stuff about the galaxy and, you know, shake our heads, you know, commiserate in group therapy, those types of things. Um, but it's, there's some really great people um, that I've met through this and I, I appreciate it. So that's what we'll do. We'll let you guys go. Uh, enjoy the rest of your, the last few hours of your holiday as it sort of counts out here. LA Galaxy 2-2 draw coming up. will be against Nashville uh, this Saturday. It's 12.30 p.m. And on, oh, Univision and TUDN. Isn't that fun? On Twitter again. That's just wonderful because it was so much fun doing it this last weekend at 5.30 p.m. when it should have been at 7, 7.30 p.m. on a holiday. All right. There we go. That's it. Hope you all have a wonderful week. We'll catch you on Thursday night live at 8 p.m. right here, same place, same time. And of course, podcasts for you if you don't catch it live. All right. Uh, let's see. I think that does it. Uh, if you're looking for me on Twitter, it's at jgesman, J-G-U-E-S-M-A-N. And of course, at Galaxy Podcast. Head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com. Go to our YouTube page, SoundCloud, uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, any place, basically. If you can find a place that has podcasts that we're not on, like I got Google Plays on there too, just let me know and I'll just add it. Like it doesn't usually take too much. All right. So that's what we got. Nashville coming up this weekend. Big game. Not one that you have to like freak out if they lose, but it would be nice if the Galaxy like, you know, stole a win 
grabbed a point, did that type of thing, uh, especially with just six games left. All right, season wrapping up quickly. We'll be back on Thursday night for another show to get you ready for that national game. All right, for everybody, for Kevin Baxter, who wasn't here, I'm Josh Kessman. You've been listening. You've been watching to Corner of the Galaxy from the box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Have a great one. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. Fans, we thank you for listening, and we ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.